Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dancing in the moon. Playing a little yacht rock here for you on Friday, Bob Stoffer. Brendan Escott. Aiden Ganim here with you. Uh, was that a uh, Spectre request, Brendan, that came in? Yeah, that was a personal request from Spec. Well, thanks for listening, Spec. Appreciate it. Got um, and a couple more requests coming. Guys are now sending me texts directly as well for what they want to hear here during the course of the show. The rest of the way, uh, we do want to mention to you Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. You can get their new boneless wings. Eat for thirteen ninety five or sixteen for twenty five ninety five. You visit royalpizza.ca with a stopper recommendations. The Mediterranean chicken. Brendan likes the Texan. Uh, Reed likes the meat lovers. Everything is real at Royal. All right, uh, let's get to it here. We just had Brian Lawton on the show. Uh, the guy has been a GM in the league. He talked about the position the Oilers were in back in 2007 when Alan Watt and uh, Patrick LaForge and company in concert with Kevin Lowe put out a recruiting uh, DVD for prospective... Um, and we should mention the Oilers went to the Stanley Cup final in 2006. Chris Pronger, for personal reasons, requested a trade out of Edmonton. A couple of the guys that they brought in did not re-sign. Edmonton had an injury-riddled second half of the season in 06-07 and, and tried to... And uh, that was the year that Daryl Cates began his pursuit of the Oilers. Cal Nichols and company with the Edmonton Investors Group. Um, uh, the Oilers stepped up, spent some money. They offer-sheeted Dustin Penner that year. They also... Uh, who, by the way performed on that offer sheet. Scored over 90 goals in less than four years. Got Edmonton a number one, which turned out to be Oscar Clefbaum, as well as Colton Tubert, who at that time was a decent prospect. Um, they ended up signing Sheldon Surrey as well after uh, missing out on Vanek offer sheeting him. Uh, anyhow, bottom line was in 2007, the Oilers were challenged to compete there. The building was 33 years of age. Um, you could argue they didn't have... Any stars? They had some good players, but no stars. Ryan Smith was not a star. He ended up actually getting traded during the course of the 06-07 season, so he would have been gone that year. Uh, by that point, he got moved because they couldn't get a five-year contract extension done with them. The number kept on getting bumped up, as I recall. Uh, anyhow, bottom line here is the Oilers are in a completely different situation. According to Brian, he thinks Edmonton's, and he was an agent at that time, then became GM at Tampa, worked the last several years with the uh, for the NHL Network. Those guys, by the way, are compensated quite well. And I, I will tell you that he has stayed in, uh, in good stead with the commissioner, Gary Bettman. He was pretty specific with what he said, Brendan, wasn't he? About where the Oilers are at and the advantages they have in the landscape and how it's changed. What do you think of that? Well, they've got the uh, most elite player that anybody could possibly want to be with. They've got 
arguably the best passer in the league and I think it's a pretty strong argument and those are two different people uh, so think about the opportunity to play with either one of those guys then you get an opportunity to play in that building in a hockey crazed city on a trajectory where this like it, it, it's all pointing towards exactly that so of course I think Brian's uh, was is really on to something what's nice is now that Edmonton is has sort of graduated beyond having to pay for some contracts not to be on the roster now they can fully use the salary cap as they are a salary cap team and have been in this competitive window. You know, they can finally use that to its fullest potential instead of paying off somebody like Andre Sekera, for example. Yeah, he's his number has been run off at the end of this. Uh, so, you know, the, he won't be on the cap next year. The retainment on Lucic on 750000 By the way, does anybody have any revisionist history whatsoever on that trade? That trade had to happen. It was good for Milan to move along. I'm going to tell you that right now. And the Oilers, the only thing that sucked out of that trade is that they decided to prorate the goals for James Neal in the uh, pandemic year because he didn't get to the 20-goal plateau, and the Oilers shouldn't have had to have given up a third-round draft pick to the Calgary Flames. They didn't sit there and prorate Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid's final numbers for the season, so why did they prorate James Neal's numbers? That, to me, struck butt. When I, I mean, because Neil is still on the book for two more years here at one point nine million, but eighty three five, and then Edmonton jumps to eighty seven five, in uh, and Brian thinks it'll go up by four million bucks, and he he but he used the term RSN. We did not. Uh, uh, most of you know RSN is Regional Sports Network, and there's a an issue with the Sinclair Broadcasting Group uh, with Bally Sports down in the states, but Brian's actually quite positive that this thing was going to work out okay on that front. Obviously, they get way more money from the national TV deal in the States. It's, it's interesting. He's he's like, they could have an 8 or 10 year run here. And <laughs> that I think that's music to the ears of a lot of fans out there. And now the other thing he said is it's not, like if you read between the lines of what he said there, it's not just on the players, it's on everybody in the organization to work together to try to improve um, the product on the ice, and 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 the product's been good. It's been good since Jay Woodcroft's been the coach. Brendan, he's got the second best winning record in the NHL. Um, they've played five playoff series the last two years. Like I, I'm going to say something right now. Like Vegas missed the playoffs last year. I wasn't sure they were going to make it this year at the start of the year. I didn't. I didn't have a making it. They did. I think Calgary's going to be back in the mix, Brendan, next year and make the playoffs. What do you think? What What about Vancouver? We'll, we'll move you over here to the other side here. Let's get you on. Uh, let me bring. Go on the right mic if you could. All right. How's that? There we go. I don't know you're what's up, going on in there. Here we go. All right. Okay. So, from from your perspective, uh, like I'm looking at Edmonton, and I think they'll be back to 47 to 50 wins next year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and the year after that, I think, in my opinion, this was really just the first year of, of a three to four year window. Yeah. And so. I think, do you think Calgary makes the playoffs next year? Or, or do you think it goes one of two ways for the Flames? Oh, man, they don't have a coach yet. I got to I gotta make a decision on I, that. I would go internally if I was them yeah. all day, go with the guys that know their organizations and that sort of stuff. So, uh, what, do we, what do we got going on over there? A little bit of a debate? As to, I think they're doing a, some audio testing, it seems uh-huh. like. Okay, yeah. well, that's good that you're over here to help fill in. There yeah. we go. Exactly. All right, so uh, Vancouver. 
Do I make it? <laughs> uh, that's an interesting one, man, because I, I just, uh, I would think with a full year of Thatcher Demko in net, fine, but they have an overhaul to do on the back end They're of that above team. the cap right now, that yeah, team. They are above the cap. That's crazy. They've got a, ma- a big mess to clean up. They've got a lot of hands in the cookie jar up top. And, you know, I'd like to find out what the one direction that that team wants to go in is. And so is, is Elias Pettersson going to be the captain of this team and we build around him? Uh, is JT Miller the leader of this team because of the deal you signed him to? Uh, is Quinn Hughes somebody that you're looking at uh, trying to capitalize on the value of? I don't know. There's there's a lot of variables. I got one team that I'm a little nervous of if they get Connor Hellebuck, and that's the LA Kings. <laughs> I'm nervous of them regardless, but especially especially if they get that kind of sturdy goaltending, because essentially that was one of very few areas that we looked at coming into that series, saying, okay, that should be a, a, a win, you would think, for Edmonton. What, what I could see Winnipeg doing, I mean, they get at least one number one for Hellebuck, and probably the Kings sending like Walker back. Right, they get. You'd have to think they get at least one number one and a decent prospect. If they decide, I mean, everybody thinks Dubois is getting traded for Doc. I got to tell you, if I'm Montreal, I don't do that trade. You got Doc at under. I think he's under four point five million for the next three years, and Dubois, like, yeah, he's okay. He was better offensively this year than Doc. He played the full season. He's got some bite to his game. So does Doc. But Dubois, for me, seems to be permanently a malcontent. I mean, I'm looking at the Jets and I'm going. All right, so let's just assume, would they move both centers? Would they move Shifley and Dubois along with Hellebuck? They'd have to get three number ones for those guys. Each guy would get a number one. But uh, but specific to the Pacific, we think Vegas is going to be good again. Mm-hmm. We know the Oilers are going to be good again. We think LA is going to be good again. Seattle, you can't argue with what they did. <laughs> now, there could have been five teams make the playoffs this year in the Pacific. Calgary could have caught Winnipeg. Um, so when you look at it that way, I mean, I think Vancouver's going to be pretty hard-pressed next year to to keep it together for an 82-game season and then try and, you know, outweigh what L.A. and, and Vegas are going to do. Here we go. This text comes in saying, hey, Bob and Brendan, I'd love for the Oilers to bring back a one-year deal, uh, Milan Lucic, to help sheriff the team. Pretty sure Neon Nita, Connor McDavid would drop, drop down quite a bit. Do you think the Oilers would ever consider it? We need a legit tough guy. Um, I'd rather they sign cost than Milan at this stage. What about you? Yeah, I, I don't think you need... The heavyweight. I think you need a difference maker, and that's what Evander Kane does now. In the top six, and then I'd have Costin here in the bottom six. Absolutely. Isn't that enough? And you still have Nurse, who can do it, and is probably has more latitude to do it now that you're in a situation. The clocks have just changed here. Look what time they're saying on the wall of the clock. It's uh, behind you. It's accurate. Yeah, it's behind you. It's accurate. 144. And then we've got noon on the other one. Well, it ain't We're, noon. It's the malfunction at the junction here. So to paraphrase there, Ed Whalen back in the day. Bob, why don't uh, why doesn't L.A. keep uh, Jonas Corposello? Well, they might keep Corposello. The problem is 
he ended up with a sub-900 save percentage in the opening round series against Edmonton. That makes coaches and managers nervous. His final three games, he got outplayed by, I mean, Skinner got pulled in game four, but Skinner outplayed him in game five and game six, Brendan. And if I have an opportunity to upgrade that position, and believe me, uh, Connor Hallenbrock's up- upgrade on Jonas Corposalo, uh, that, that's what I'm looking at first. If I can make that work, if, if I'm Rob Blake, that's option A. Uh, the Boomer has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. The Oilers should be kicking tires on Hellebuck. He said he is not interested in a rebuild. Hellebuck and Skinner sounds like a hell of a tandem. I am not a Campbell hater, but I'm not a lover either. Hellebuck is a difference maker that isn't fragile. Uh, that would be the equivalent of bringing in Roley the goalie in 2006 from Boomer. Boomer, I got news for you. That's way better than bringing in Roly the goalie. <laughs> Roly the goalie did not have a couple of Vesna Trophy wins. Connor Hellebuck has won the Vesna Trophy twice and frankly has been overplayed with the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, if you had him and... I mean, I, I would think that would cost Edmonton... I mean, you're going to have to pay a cost for the Jets to take the contract of Campbell. Then you're going to have to pay the cost to get Hellebuck. I don't know how you make that happen, but if you had Hellebuck and Stu Skinner for a few seasons, you'd have great goal tonight. Oh, without a doubt. that's That would be probably the nastiest tandem in the in the NHL, I would think. Assuming, and Hellebuck, as you mentioned, because he gets worn out, it's almost like every second season he kind of has a down year and then rebounds and reminds you why he's one of the best in the world. I just don't know if I'm Winnipeg why I would take on Jack Campbell at this stage, given the year that he just yeah. had. This texter, Gord Oil, says, would it be good for both teams if Toronto and Winnipeg swapped Hellebuck and Shifley with Samsonov and Matthews? Well, here's the problem. Matthews would not sign there long term. No. He's going to, he'll resign in Toronto. I, no, just see Winnipeg, like we just heard Brian Lawton talk about Edmonton. The Oilers are in a different place than they've been. What about Winnipeg? I think Winnipeg's in a tough spot there. They, you know, and, and that's, they're kind of maybe where Edmonton was back in 2007. We're going to have to see what changes are made to the players in the offseason here because they have completely exasperated two coaches. You, you think about, you know, Paul Maurice and then Rick Bonas, who's known as a player's coach, and just how um, flabbergasted he was this year with, with the core of that team. So there's going to be some big, big changes there, I think. All right. Uh, we're going to go to break here in about one minute's time. I'm Uncle Milt from Brent Ridge Ford. He told me the other day, Advertising Works. Uh, they've delivered all of their 2022 trucks. They're still in need of quality used vehicles. They're prepared to pay top dollar for trade-ins or outright purchases. Remember, there's a reason Brent Ridge Ford is a 12-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. If you want to be treated fairly with every aspect of vehicle purchase and ownership, call the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. That's 780 780-35- to 6048. Back uh, with a quick clip from Kyle Dubas and his new role in Pittsburgh and this day in Oilers history when we return on Oilers now. Now that is truly a definitive Yacht Rock song. Jerry Rafferty, Baker Street. Bob Stoffer with you. The Oilers Now Injury Reports brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. It's this simple. 250 plus years of experience 
They have the most experience, and they get you the best results. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown. All right. Uh, we are going to head into the orders now. Audio Vault for direct workwear. They bring you women's workwear. A women's-only workwear store opening up soon, just four doors down from direct workwear on Gateway Boulevard. Check them out at womensworkwear.ca. Yesterday, Kyle Dubas uh, took on the presidency of Hockey Ops in Pittsburgh. He had these comments. Through the course of this process, I had the chance to speak with uh, Coach Sullivan and Sidney Crosby. I thought that those were very important people for me uh, to get a real deep sense of where they felt the organization was at and where it would be going uh, so that I knew coming in uh, what uh, where they felt the Penguins were at and what they felt the Penguins would need for somebody in this role. Um, those conversations, a, a number of conversations with Coach Sullivan, but uh, also the conversation with, uh, with Sid were paramount. In, in my decision to come here. They're some of the best competitors uh, in hockey. Uh, obviously, uh, Mike Sullivan's record as a coach and Sydney's as a player speak for themselves, and that is one of the most exciting parts about uh, about coming here to, to Pittsburgh to work with uh, the people that are up with me here, but also uh, every single day on the hockey operations side. Um, I see this task ahead of us as a two-pronged effort. Uh, in the short run, it's uh, continuing to make decisions that are going to allow the team to be competitive uh, while the core group of players uh, that have led the team here to championships in the past uh, continue to uh, perform at the levels that they have for as long as they can and make decisions that will support them uh, in the lineup every night um, that will allow the team to continue to contend uh, each season while those players are with us. At the same time, the work will also begin at uh, delivering a long-term hockey organization that can be the class of the NHL um, and to reduce any gap in time that there otherwise would be from the end of those great players' careers to the next era of great hockey for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, that was uh, pretty well stated by Kyle Dubas. Uh, that's the Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear. 153 in Edmonton. You know he's only two years older than both Crosby and Latang. Yeah. 37 to 35. Uh, unbelievable. Smartest guy from Brock ever, I think. I mean, it's it's not exactly Western. Like, seriously. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just being honest with you. There used to be a joke about Brock that they had a program called Rocks for Jocks at Brock, right? That's what I'm serious. That's what I got told. <laughs> I used to work in, right, 1989, man, before you were ever born. I was uh-huh. planting trees in a place called Manitowage, which is where uh, Jeff Ward was from, the former head coach of the Calgary Flames. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and we talk about, yeah, Brock. But they've got a sports administration program there. And that's now a lot of guys did an undergrad okay. somewhere else and then went to Brock. Gotcha. That's, of course, where Logan Thompson's from, who is supposed to be playing goaltender for Vegas right now, and yeah. they haven't needed him. Uh, crazy. Well, if, of course, he was in Brandon, so Kelly McCrimmon would know how to steal him out of there. Here we go. Uh, let's go to list the Oilers history for New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. 1959. Happy birthday to rear guard uh, Charlie Huddy, who was born this day in uh, Oshawa, Ontario. Played 11 seasons in Edmonton between 1980 and 91. Scored 368 points across 694 games and won five Stanley Cups. Not bad for a free agent signing. He was claimed by Minnesota in the uh, 1991 expansion draft. Am I reading that correctly? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> but then returned to Edmonton as an assistant coach in 2000? Yeah, they split the franchises, Minnesota and San Jose, right? That's what ended up happening there. Okay. So uh, here's the deal. So he's 63 today, right? If he's No, 64. He's 64. 
Uh, he finished his career plus 235. Pretty good, right? That's a pretty good number. Like he was, I think he was plus 243 <laughs> as an Oiler. You ready for this? Larry Robinson turned 72 today. Larry Robinson plus 722 in his NHL career. Yes. Larry's criminally underrated. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night. Let's get shaken. Uh, you will hear from uh, local film director Adam Scorgi, who's got uh, a new trilogy out on Arturo Gotti. I'm looking forward to watching that one. You'll also hear from uh, Grant so McEwen. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, McEwen University professor uh, John Valentine. He's wondering if the NHL's maybe forgotten about their Canadian fans. Should be an interesting chat. Oh, well, that's going to be interesting. We will have uh, George LaRock and John. John Shannon, two entirely different uh, guests. Uh, uh, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling and George LaRock. Coming up for Contract Equipment Limited. Now this is a little technically out of the uh, Yacht Rock era. Aiden Ganim and uh, Brendan Escott helping us on the musical front. This was actually for my uh, grade 12 year at Harry Ainley. This was like the Which graduate. one of them? Which one? Oh, <laughs> nicely done. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've worked with you for five years. I finally have the courage to make that joke. Well, you know what? That joke's fair, man. Grade 12 was the longest three years of my life. 1984, Harry Ainley, this song, right around this time, was number one. Don't you give it up before you this year, the Oilers won the first cup, too. It was a great time to be 18 years of age, just turning 18. We're off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, Chelsea on Chad with Chelsea Bird 3 to 6. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Back at you on Monday.